Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. It's Friday, August 12th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Coming out of the great resignation and the tight labor market, some employers are saying it's finally getting a little easier to hire. Especially when we look at the hospitality and healthcare industries, employers are having a better time in recruiting and getting people to accept offers. Uber, which has rebounded with drivers, say they think inflationary pressures motivated more people to drive for the platform. Chip Cutter, workplace reporter at the Wall Street Journal, joined us for how inflation could be bringing more people to the workforce and causing less turnover. Next, an interesting story about a mother and her daughter that are now facing criminal charges after the daughter had an abortion in Nebraska. In this case, police obtained their Facebook messages through a search warrant. In Nebraska, 20 weeks is the limit to have an abortion, and the teen, at that time, had it some weeks after. The pair contracted with another man to bury the body after the baby came out stillborn. Jason Kebler, editor-in-chief at Motherboard, joins us for how this case highlights how tech companies could be enlisted by law enforcement to prosecute these cases. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Today, there are more people working in America than before the pandemic began. In fact, there are more people working in America than any point in American history. Joining us now is Chip Cutter, workplace reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining us, Chip. Thanks for having me. Well, we've been uh, keeping a very close eye on what's going on in this jobs market right now. Uh, obviously, we're seeing high inflation. We're seeing fears of a recession. It seems like this jobs market is the only thing that is keeping us on track. And what we're seeing right now is some big U.S. companies saying that the hiring is actually getting a little easier right now, which is a good thing. A lot of people, you know, whether it could be those inflationary pressures, are actually going and looking for those jobs and then taking them, where we were hearing stories of people ghosting jobs and, and all sorts of stuff. So right now we're seeing hospitality, retail, healthcare that were hit really hard by these worker shortages starting to rebound a little bit. So Chip, tell us a little bit more. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, this remains a super hot job market. We saw that recently. The employers added 528,000 jobs in July. We have an unemployment rate at a half century low of three and a half percent. So the job market remains tight. But what's interesting is when you talk to executives and you hear them speak about what they're seeing right now, a number of particularly big employers are saying that it's just getting slightly easier to hire. So think about the hospital chain, HCA Healthcare. They've struggled to find nurses and other workers throughout the pandemic. They say hiring is up and turnover is down. 
Uber recently said in its quarterly report that it's getting more people to sign up to work as drivers or food couriers. Obviously, that was a big issue for much of the past year, right, where there was big demand, but it was, trouble, it was tough getting drivers onto the platform. Right. And then Marriott, which uh, has also tried to recruit lots of people as its hotels have reopened over the past couple of years, says it's actually seen a steady improvement in hiring right now, and wage increases are also starting to slow. So it's a lot of different signals from different parts of the economy, but I do think it's telling us that particularly for some of the employers that really, um, you know, were in industries that really struggled for much of the pandemic, they're starting to see some, you know, signs that it might be getting just a little bit uh, easier right now. And these signs are, are encouraging, right? We're kind of seeing that rebound from the pandemic in the healthcare sector, right? There was nurses and doctors quitting because of so much pressures and, and hospitals uh, systems being overrun. When it comes to the hotels, we're seeing people return to travel and leisure and all that pent-up demand for vacations and whatnot. And in the Uber thing, too, uh, you know, even people just wanting to get out more and needing those rides, we're starting to see that rebound, too. So, I mean, it, it seems like there's some good signs on, on the horizon, at least, if we're rebounding already. It's really true. And obviously, this comes sort of in a mixed picture for the economy right now. I think a lot of job seekers, a lot of workers are dealing with inflation. They're trying to get their heads around where the economy is headed. Um, and that's, I think, changing the job, the job market a little bit. We've heard Uber, for example, say that inflation was a big driver towards getting more people uh, to work on its platform. Uh, and we've also seen we're, we're starting to see, for example, in industries like retail and hospitality, rates of quitting are starting to come down a little bit. They're still high. They're still higher than they were at the start at the, before the pandemic, but they're lower than the peak. And I think all that tells us is that people are maybe a little more willing to settle into their jobs for the moment. They might be you know, kind of nervous about what might happen. So they're just going to stay put for the moment. Uh, and that, of course, eases the burdens on employers. Yeah, I mean, everything is starting to even out, right? A, a lot of places are starting to go back to the office, you know, not as much remote work. So, yeah, on the worker front, it's like, well, I kind of uh, settle into something. <laughs> That's probably the best word to use, uh, not uh, settle into something that uh, could be a little bit more long term. And, you know, even places like Verizon, this was an interesting one to me. They're taking a little more time to fill some of those positions where they were seeing before they were giving people job offers and they say, well, I'm fielding like three or four different opportunities. Now they're taking, now that as that's kind of cooled down, Verizon's even taking a little more time to pick and choose who they're, they're getting. Well, this was fascinating to me. And again, it was one of those things when, when an HR executive says that you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It was, so Verizon uh, like a lot of companies saw over the past year that, that they would make offers to folks and then they realize, okay, now they're up against, they're making an offer, but the person already has multiple offers on the table too. And so the HR chief told me at Verizon that right now, when they make an offer to someone, they're less likely to have multiple offers on the table. And that actually makes it a lot quicker for the company to hire because then they're not having to have the situation happen where they'd extend an offer. The person says, sorry, I'm actually going to take this other one. The whole job search starts over again. I mean, all of that just really extends the time it takes to hire someone. And so when Verizon is seeing less of that now, it makes a difference. And so the HR chief told me that it's, you know, it's still tough to hire. It's not an easy market, you know, by all means, but it's, it's different and it's getting a little bit better. And I think that that, that point about multiple offers is a good one. And, and she said that they're seeing this for frontline workers and some of the sales and retail positions, but also software engineers too. And that struck me as interesting because we've certainly seen a lot of big employers in tech. Think about, you know, Facebook parent Meta or Google and others slowing hiring a bit. Right. We've seen some layoffs in different parts of the tech economy. And so you might see some software engineers and others say, okay, we're going to take this job. We're not going to sort of shop around endlessly like we might have done before. 
What do we make of the dynamic for a long time, especially throughout the pandemic, the great resignation, all of that? Everybody was saying workers have all the power. What do we make of it now as things seem to be shifting back to uh, what was what we had pre-pandemic? Yeah, I still think employees still have the power. It's still it's still very much a market that favors workers over companies. Uh, And we've seen that in just data on wage inflation. We've seen this just in, in sort of what we've heard from a number of companies. I mean, it's, it's, if you're going to be laid off right now, it's not a terrible time to be laid off because we've seen this in the data where people who are unemployed are very quickly getting other jobs. And so all of that would suggest that it's still a market that's very much in, in workers' favor. Of course, that could change. And we've sort of heard, um, you know, a number of CEOs and others sort of say they, they would hope it would sort of balance out a bit. Um, but, but I think for the most part, workers still have a lot of options. And, um, and that's going to you know, cause companies to still think about whether they're paying people competitively. Certainly, bosses are still worried about how do you keep your best employees because these are folks who are going to have options no matter what. I mean, you know, and so, um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's still a really interesting job market. And I think still one that, that um, is, is good for those who are looking for work. Chip Cutter. Workplace reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Uh, They had been talking about this on Facebook, and so they went and got a search warrant to get all the DMs and sort of private information, profile data from Facebook, from Meta, which is Facebook's parent company. Facebook complied with that court order. And then after that, they used the Facebook DMs that they obtained through that court order to seize a bunch of computers and phones associated with the case, uh, basically to get more evidence. Joining us now is Jason Kebler, editor-in-chief at Motherboard. Thanks for joining us, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, this next story is exactly the kind of one that people were worried about after Roe v. Wade was overturned. Now, the details of this case are very particular, and it doesn't really have much to do with the Supreme Court 
overturning Roe v. Wade, but it's an example of how these types of cases could be prosecuted. So we're talking about a Nebraska mother and her daughter, teenage daughter, who are facing criminal charges after the teen had an abortion. This was back in April. Police obtained their Facebook messages about going through with all of this. Uh, They got a search warrant for it. And they're being charged with aborting, uh, burning, and burying the fetus. Like I said, this is kind of a difficult case. She was about 23 to 24 weeks pregnant when this happened. And the Nebraska law prohibits abortions after 20 weeks. So, Jason, help us walk through some of the details. And then we'll talk about how law enforcement used Facebook to get their messages as well. Right. So, I mean, this is a pretty bleak case sort of across the board. And I think that that's important to talk about because when people talk about, you know, the right to choose, um, there's a lot of sort of messy edge cases. It's like, like you mentioned, Nebraska has a 20 week abortion ban. Um, the, the woman in question, actually teen 17 year old, uh, was 28 weeks pregnant at the time and 28 weeks, um, is banned in Nebraska, but it would have been legal in several other States. In this case, the woman and her mother uh, bought a, bought something called Pregnot, which is a medical abortion pill. Um, it, it's pretty widely used in the first trimester uh, to safely abort or safely end a pregnancy. In this case, uh, you know, she was further along than that. She used the, the pill and had a stillbirth. Um, at least that's according to the court documents. They then took the fetus and buried the fetus uh, sort of to end the situation. Someone reported that to the cops. The cops came and investigated it, spoke to uh, the mother, the daughter, as well as some of their sort of like friends and acquaintances and people that knew about the situation and found that uh, they had been talking about this on Facebook. And so they went and got a search warrant to get all the DMs and sort of private information, profile data from Facebook, from Meta, which is Facebook's parent company. Facebook complied with that court order. And then after that, they used the Facebook DMs that they obtained through that court order to seize a bunch of computers and phones associated with the case, uh, basically to get more evidence. And that's sort of where we're at right now. Like those are the facts of the case. Yeah. Um, and it, it is this, it's this big concern among a lot of people that, tech companies and people's private uh, digital communications are going to, going to be used to prosecute abortion cases moving forward. Yeah, so they were charged with removing, concealing, abandoning a dead human body, concealing the death of another person, false reporting. You know, these are some of the charges they're facing and all of that. And as you mentioned, it was kind of that two-part process. So first they got the DMs, then they were able to seize other things, laptops and smartphones, and get even more details. What were they talking about in those messages because they did say hey you know the the pills arrive you know we're going to burn the body we're going to they they contracted with a 22 year old man to to help them bury the body so what did we see in some of those messages so it, it's a mother and a daughter talking about this situation they do say hey you know the pills came in i'm going to take this this can be sort of the end of this situation and then yes we're going to bury the body and and seemingly that was used as like probable cause to uh, you know, further seize their devices. I think one thing that's really important to note and something that I saw when I was reading through the court record yesterday is throughout the case, the fetus is being referred to as a human body, is being referred to as skeletal remains, is being referred to as a life that was ended. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it seems as though 
the baby was stillborn. So uh, that that's sort of what the teenager in the case said. Um, an autopsy report said that the findings were consistent with the baby being stillborn or, or essentially um, there's a lot of worry moving forward that, you know, women are going to be prosecuted for miscarriages, for stillbirths, for things like that. And in this case, you can see the state of Nebraska defining this fetus as a baby, as a human, as a body. And it's like, obviously people can agree or disagree on sort of like that. That's the whole crux of the abortion debate that we've been having for decades and decades. But, you know, in Nebraska, they define this as a human life, as a baby, as a human. And that is one of the reasons why these these charges came through, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think they saw within some of the autopsies that maybe that there was no oxygen that was in the lungs. That's why they say that the baby was born stillborn. So, you know, a lot of difficult things to go through on this case. And we're going to be hearing a lot more about it. There's a jury trial set for October. So that's when a lot more details are going to come out. But what has Meta, the parent company and Facebook said so far on their part with all of this, on providing this information to law enforcement? Because for a time they were saying already that they wouldn't provide some of this type of information uh, or out people if they were talking about abortions, things like that. So what was their response to this so far? Right. So that's a really important point because when Roe versus Wade was overturned, sort of immediately people started worrying about whether data from period app, period tracking apps was going to be sort of weaponized against women to prosecute them, whether their messages would be used against them. There was a lot of, you know, reporting, including from us at Motherboard, talking to, you know, tech companies about like, how are you going to approach this? Like, are you going to comply with court orders? Are you going to turn over this data if asked? So on and so forth. And it turned out that, you know, Facebook has been pretty noncommittal on what it would do. Um, in this case, it did turn over, you know, these private messages. And Meta has said that basically they said, we did not know that this was an abortion case. When the cops came to us, they said it was a human body. It was a murder investigation, which you know, none of the people in this uh, case have been tried with, uh, have been charged with murder, but they were basically like, we're, we didn't know that it was an abortion case. And that, that raises further questions because it's like the, the actual affidavit that was filed with the court was very clear that this was being investigated as sort of a stillbirth as an abortion case. Um, and so, so that just like, we've seen some of these law enforcement portals before, and it's like, not all of the details of why law enforcement are asking for data from a tech company is always there. And so it raises questions about, you know, are tech companies going to be uh, utilized sort of without their knowledge in these sorts of cases? And, and it adds another wrinkle to it because Facebook has been talking for years about potentially uh, encrypting Facebook Messenger by default, which would have made these messages impossible for law enforcement to get. Um, it's a debate that's been going on in tech circles for a really long time. There was a super famous case uh, around the San Bernardino shooting, mass shooting a few years ago with right. Apple and iMessage, you know, sort of encrypted iMessages as well as encrypted hard drives on an iPhone. Uh, Facebook's WhatsApp, uh, Facebook owns WhatsApp and all of those are encrypted by default, but Facebook Messenger still is not. You know, in that San Bernardino case, they ended up finding a workaround, you know, to get some of that data anyways. But, you know, they were taking that to court. You know, there was a lot of stuff that was going through it. But by and large, it seems if any of these tech companies are posed with a valid search warrant, they're going to comply with it. 
for the most part, it seems like, and especially in the case of what Facebook said. And you're right, you know, if the police aren't providing, you know, certain details, you know, who knows if they're even obligated to provide some of those details. So that's the tricky part, I guess, for some of the tech companies. But yeah, just an example of what we could be seeing down the line. And now that more states are outlawing abortion on the books. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it, it sort of raises questions about like, we're not sure what Facebook's values are necessarily, but it, it puts tech companies in a difficult situation where the default is they sort of comply with court orders. Um, you know, we've seen a few tech companies try to push back against lawful orders, but at, at the same time you have, you know, a contingent of workers at Facebook who presumably don't want, you know, don't want Facebook to be giving, giving out user data when it applies to abortion cases. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, there's, there's been reporting showing that uh, Mark Zuckerberg asked Meta employees not to talk about abortion on sort of like internal um, message boards and discussion boards. Uh, Facebook also said that it would ban users who openly talk about mailing uh, medical abortion pills on its platform, which yeah. is you know something that has has come up quite a lot since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So, I mean, it's a really interesting problem for tech companies, uh, partially of their own making because of the way that they have designed their platforms to sort of be the keepers of all of this information. Um, you know, we're not having this conversation about Apple because iMessage is encrypted by default. And it's like, in this case, they were able to get text messages in part because, um, you know, the police were able to seize the actual devices. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the device seizure, as I, as I mentioned, sort of grew out of this original Facebook subpoena and court right. order. Yeah, well, like I said, it's a, it's a tough case. Celeste Burgess and her mother, Jessica Burgess, there's going to be a lot of people saying, well, they were explicitly going against the law. It was outside of the Nebraska law. It was uh, they were talking about, uh, you know, burying the evidence and all that. So definitely a tough case. We'll hear more about it. As we as I mentioned, a jury trial set for October. Jason Kebler, editor in chief for Motherboard. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This episode of The Daily Dive was produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.